It is Monday, September 18th, 2023. Welcome back to another edition of Baseball Today. Our guy, C. Rose, who usually handles the hosting duties, is fulfilling a childhood dream today. So let's get some snaps to Rosie as he's calling the Browns game tonight, Monday night. We miss you here, Rosie. We love you here, Rosie. But you know what? We got someone great filling in. Our guy, Jolly Olive. Coming here looking dapper. Jolly, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm so happy for Rosie. Primetime Rosie tonight? Who would have thunk after all these years we get primetime Rosie? I'm good, man. It was sweep weekend. A lot of good ball to talk about. You just talked ball for like, what, two hours? Now you're I doing did. another 30 on top of this? You're a stud. I, I Well, I love baseball, Jolly. I know you do, too. I know your Mets team um, isn't, you know, it's not great this year. But we mm. are going to talk a little bit of Mets in this episode because you're here. I had to throw you a bone. Like that. Like that. Okay. Let's get things started off quickly, as we always do at the top of the show, a tip of the cap to a couple people. First, we'll start out with a team. We're talking about the Dodgers. They clinched the West. For all that talk, uh, Padres, 18-5. and five. They put the crying Kershaw meme up. They won, I think they went 55 and like 68 after that. The Dodgers were like, all right, we're good. We're just going to win the division. They're a juggernaut. They get to spray some champagne, drink some beers after the game. Tip of the cap to them. More importantly, though, I think this one is kind of close to my heart because I saw this guy play a lot. Adam Jones uh, returns to Baltimore, signs the one-day contract with the Orioles to retire as an Oriole. And uh, I don't know, man. If like you don't know who Adam Jones is, you should. Uh, a heck of a ball player. Go check out the stats. Um, I got a couple questions for you because I just, I just love asking you this stuff. Of course. Of course. Uh, one, I mean, I don't know. Do you got anything on Adam Jones? Any memories of his? You know, I, I think the Orioles are doing it right. Not only is it the perfect timing with them clinching this weekend as well, it's it's a nice passing of the torch between like generations of Orioles baseball because you know, those teams were great, man. 2014, 2012, 2016, those were teams that were led by Adam Jones. He was kind of the stalwart in all of them. So I think them honoring him was, was a really good thing to do on top of them kind of ushering in all these new kids. 100 M's in the bank. By the way, shout out Adam Jones. The question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Who did he get traded for? Remember he started this career? Seattle Mariners. Oh, Trev. You think I don't know this? I, I figured Coming he from the Seattle Mariners, if I remember correctly, he got traded for Eric Bedard. You remembered correctly. Up, bro? And the rest is history, man. He's a perfect fit in Baltimore. I saw that guy. He stole a bunch of hits from me, Adam. Sheesh. Had to. Had to. All right, let's get the show started. And this was, I think this was the number one series of the weekend. There were so many different implications. The AL East, um, tiebreaker stuff, which don't get me started on the tiebreaker. Uh, both the Rays and the Orioles end up clinching a playoff spot this weekend. So shout out, tip of the cap to them. They did split the series 2-2 over the weekend. Uh, Baltimore is now two up in the division. Uh, they hold the head-to-head tiebreaker. So basically it's actually three games. What's your biggest takeaway from this four-game set? You know, it could have went a lot of ways, man. The Rays won the first two, and then the Orioles had to throw kind of their stud rookie into the fold to say, hey, like, we we still want to win this division. We need this victory tonight. Grayson Rodriguez is the real deal, man. I know that he was hyped up a lot going into the season. He got demoted halfway through the season after he struggled. He tosses eight shutout innings against what I think is the best lineup in the American League in a, like a basically must-win game, which helps parlay the Orioles to kind of salvage that series. 
that's a huge performance, man. I think that's going to stick out a lot. If you're rolling back the world series film for the Orioles at the end of the season, that game is going to stick out. And what a crowd that got loud at Camden yards. We're going to see playoff ball at Camden yards guaranteed this year. I'm really excited for that. I knew you were going to go with Grayson. And obviously I think that's was, he's probably the most important player in this series because of what you mentioned. He's a stopper. You lose the first two games. The Orioles only had to win one to get the tiebreaker. They end up splitting the series, which is great. And Grayson was a huge part of it. He's nasty, dude. Nasty. I mean, a hundred miles an hour, top of the zone, the secondary pitches are there as well. He, he just had it all going and, and to have, and to be able to do that as a rookie is, is incredible. So I'll, I'll go a different route though. I'm going to go with sack Bunser in, Mm. Ryan O'Hearn never had a sack button in his career. Now they hold the Rays off from scoring in the 11th inning. So you have the Manfred runner on second. All you got to do is get him to, to, to third sack mm. fly. It seems so easy, but teams don't do this, Charlie. They don't do it, man. <gasps> Especially we have a guy who's never attempted us or never had a sack. Bunt. I don't know if he's attempted one or not, but he gets the job done. And bunting isn't easy if you don't practice it. So shout out to Ryan O'Hearn for doing that. Cedric Bowen, sack fly. We're talking old school playing for one run baseball. It's It was incredible to see. And that game, I mean, on Sunday was electric. I mean, 5-4 in 11 innings. Um, sure, this, can I ask you something? How, how is that not the Sunday night baseball game? I mean, I love some Cub Snakes action, but how is that not the night game? That's crazy. I I have no idea. I don't even know. How do they even determine that, dude? Oh, I didn't play in a lot of Sunday night baseball oh. games in my career, just so you know. But I I, I love the O'Hearn bunt, and I kind of just, I think that man, it might be, it might have been the toughest thing done that entire series. And I'm being serious about that. If you haven't bunted before, and all of a sudden you're called upon to get it down, like that's a nerve-wracking situation, Huge dude. Spot. Yeah, man. So they end up splitting the series. Up two games, but actually up three because of tiebreakers. The birds are proving everybody wrong, and I am here for it. Trev, those birds, they might win 100 games this year. If they go seven and six or win seven of the last 14 games, whatever it is, they will win 100 100 wins. That's crazy. It is crazy. Shout out Gibby. Let's move on. Because this was a split series, and a lot of times we're over split series. Let's hear about the sweeps. It was sweep week, Jolly. Jays go from getting swept by the Rangers to sweeping the Red Sox. The Rangers go from sweeping the Blue Jays to getting swept by the Guardians, and then the Mariners get swept by the Dodgers. It's a mess. It's a mess in the AL West. It's especially a mess in the AL wild card. My question to you, my friend, my dapper, beautiful friend. Who's on the outside looking in when all the dust is settled? I mean, the Rangers had a golden opportunity, man, to just run away and really solidify a wild card spot with two weeks left to play. Getting swept by the Guardians is just about the most disappointing thing they could have done. Listen, man, I didn't think they were going to go into Toronto and even get two games there with the way that they were playing. They sweep four games and then they go to Cleveland. Not only do they lose, they get pantsed in two of those games. That can't happen if you're trying to convince everybody that you're a legit contender for an American League pennant this year. So for me right now, it's them looking on the outside in because I know the Mariners have played bad ball in September after a really terrific August. I still feel like it's theirs to lose. And Seattle has home field advantage in a couple big series at the end of the year against Houston and Texas. I think the Rangers really did themselves in with that performance this weekend. I, I, 
I agree. I try to keep, I keep sticking up for I the know. Rangers. I keep doing it, but you know, I think some people are actually convincing me now the bullpen's been a mess. I'm trying to convince myself like, Hey man, you, your offensive production can overshadow that. And you just need a couple guys in the back end to get it right. But Scherzer being gone means, you know, yeah. like there's more, there's more bullpen innings to be had. And that just is not great. So I'm, I'm kind of there. I also, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, honest, yeah, I think so it's the Blue Jays at the yeah? end of the year on the outside looking in because of the tiebreaker situation, dude. They Break have the tiebreaker. Doing this on, a lot on talking baseball, I know. No, they have a tiebreaker on nobody. They don't mm-hmm. have it on the Rangers. They went one and six against them this year. They went three and three against the Mariners, but because of the interdivision record, they don't have the tiebreaker. Okay, so yeah. that's gone. They do have it on the Astros, which is interesting. Okay, but I don't think the Astros are going to fall back. I think they're going to end up winning the division. And the Rays, which doesn't really matter, there's six remaining games, and they don't have it against the Orioles. They just don't have the tiebreaker. And I think it's going to come down to that. It wouldn't shock me, Jolly, if we had like a three-team tie for the last two wild card spots, and the Blue Jays are going to be on the outside looking in because of that. And, dude, you can – be some people are happy about this. Some people yeah. like me are like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Interdivision record. They got to play in the AL East while some other teams got to play in the AL Central. Like that make as that head to head, I get. Now I don't I don't love head to head base. I don't love head to head because you play so many different amounts of games against right, people. Right. You can either play 16 or you can play six. You could have had your last game against them be in May. Do you know what I mean? Like that. But at least head-to-head, it's like, hey, we played each other. The interdivision record means nothing to me. But because of it, I think the Jays might be on the outside looking in. And I know they just swept. I know it, dude. But like, I know. I think it would be a shame, though, because I'm looking up and down this rotation. Is this the best rotation in baseball? Because I can't really think of one that's better right now. And they've been performing. In September, Barrios, your guy, a 1.8 ERA, yes, yes. 20 September innings. He's getting stronger as the season winds down. Bassett, Ryu, all these guys under 4 ERA, the bullpen doing it. If the offense can click like they did against Boston with all that clutch hitting, there's no reason why the Jays shouldn't be the 6 or even 5 seed. But yeah, the tiebreakers matter. And I know it's it's unfortunate for some people, including myself, with the head-to-head record, but it is a factor and we have to weigh it. But I mean, this is what I was talking about with the Rangers. The Rangers could have put this thing to bed. Yes, yes, they even yes. got one win in Cleveland. Now it's up in the air again. I think all these teams are kind of evenly matched. I know I, I agree with you that you're going to be hard pressed to find like a starting five. By the way, it's the Twins have the best pitching staff. I don't mean to okay. throw them in there. Uh, but Some no, they they have they have the recipe. I'm not I'm not talking crap about the Blue Jays here. I'm not. In fact, I think they're a really good team. They kind of have a complete roster. Like you get Chapman kind of going again. He gets the walk off. Like, like they have everything it takes. It's just a stupid tiebreaker, man. That's the only reason I'm picking up. I get it, man. I get it. Thank you to Nutrafol for sponsoring this episode. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. There's no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. What I love most about it, it's drug-free. They have patented technology that provides you consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health, and you know that's important. So take the first step to visibly thicker hair. It's healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code BB today. That's BB today. Find out why over 4,000 
healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code BB today. That's Nutricom slash men promo code BB today. Get you some sexy hair without compromising your sexual health. Moving on. Question three. We're still going sweeping. Arizona sweeps the Cubs at home, and now the Northsiders are out of a playoff spot. They're technically tied for one, but because of the tiebreaker, we'll get into it. Five straight losses for them. They've lost eight of the last 10 for the Cubs, and they're on the short end of all the tiebreaker scenarios, not just with the uh, with the Marlins, but with everybody. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, give me your Chicago Cubs playoff chances. Great question. First of all, MLB needs to bring you on as like an ambassador to just explain the tiebreaker thing. No, I don't want it because I'm confused, Jolly. Yeah, it's, it's hurting my brain. It's your calling. You're so good at it. I listen to talking baseball. I had no idea this was even a thing. Now oh. I'm fully in like I know everything now. Um, talk about a clutch performance by the Diamondbacks before we talk about the Cubs, man. They were coming off losing three or four to my Mets where Gallon and Kelly both got punched in the face pretty much in both of their starts. They come back, they rebound with their three, four, five, and they sweep a series at home against the Cubs with some clutch yes. hits. Cubs, I'm I'm flabbergasted. Where did this come from? We just had a series against the Rockies where we go to cores, we lose that series. Then we go down to Chase Field. Bats go quiet. We can't really put together a clutch win, especially that seven to six gut-wrenching loss in the middle of it. You know, I still feel like their odds are better than Miami and Cincinnati and San Francisco, but this is tough, man. This is where you really find out what kind of team you are and who the leaders on your team are going to be because the Cubs need some really clutch performances, and Justin Steele can only pitch once every fifth day. You can't rely on that kind of performance every time out. It would be a huge disappointment for this Cubs team to not make it as well because they were the wild card too for what, like a month now, and they've been pretty much in the thick of things for most of the second half. Right now, I'm I'm a little bit 50-50 on them, and that feels like a cop-out, but it's, it's just because I believe in the top heaviness of the Diamondbacks' town a little bit more. We know the Phillies are going to be there. So really, for me, it comes down to remaining strength of schedule, which I actually have to look at for the Cubs because I haven't factored in too much. I have it up right here. They have the 10th hardest one remaining, including a set against the Braves and a set against the Brewers, who are red hot. So I don't know, man. It's tough. So I'm going to go a little higher. I I know they have they have no tiebreaker scenarios with anybody except the Giants. Everybody yeah. else that's right around them, they don't have the tiebreaker with. Um, they play Pittsburgh, Colorado, Atlanta, Milwaukee to end the year. Atlanta, who knows what they're going to be doing at that time? I know they're a bunch of good ball players, but the they don't have the they're not going to have the drive that they, they necessarily swept, want. Huh? And they just got swept after parting in Miami on an off day after clinching. That's a whole different story. Shout out Marlins for taking advantage of that situation. You got to do that. <laughs> Milwaukee's probably going to already had clinched by that time. Jolly, I'm going to give them like a three out of, what'd you get out of 10? I went 50, 50. So five. Out of oh, 10. you went five out of 10. Yeah. Oh, I'm going lower than you. I, I'm, yeah, going three, okay. I'm going three out of 10. I'm going really? three out of 10 for a couple different reasons. Give me a, on September 6th, Jolly, they were one and a half games out of the NL Central. They were right there. They were yeah. threatening to win the division. As we sit today, they're six and a half games back. I mentioned they've lost eight of ten. Like Things are just not going well for them. And because of the fact that they didn't play well head-to-head against these teams right around them, it just makes it that much harder. Now, I yeah. want to believe in this team. 
like, you know, uh, against the snakes, you know, in that game one, they get down six, nothing, but they battle back. They make the Diamondbacks bring in their closer. So you get, you know, some momentum going there, but they just can't seal the deal. And I'm just afraid, man, how many games we got left? Not a lot, like 14, 12, 12, 12 games geez. left for them. I think they got to go like eight and four. Which I don't, I don't think that's crazy to say. Maybe not. I don't know, man. I think maybe my brain is messed up because of the tiebreaker stuff. I've been going through this. I keep saying that word and I, I it's driving me nuts um, <laughs> because I just, I, I'm just so against it. Um, but dude, if you're, if you're faltering now, eight of 10 in the most crucial time, what makes you think you're just going to flip the script in these last 12 games? Dude, Is there right? going to be a team meeting? Did the, somebody stand up? Did Ian Happ get in front of everybody and say, hey, we got these 12 games. All we got to do is go eight and four. We're in the playoffs. Is it as simple as that? Can you do it? I've been in a bunch of locker rooms, man. Part of me thinks, yeah, it is that simple. Part of me also thinks like, dude, we were just one and a half games back of the division. Now we're six and a half. Like the vibes aren't great. Yeah. So something has to happen. Somebody has to step up in that clubhouse and say something or else they're going to be on the outside looking in. And it was such a, it's been such a great season for them. A great yeah. story. We all thought these guys were going to be sellers of the deadline. They didn't sell at the deadline. We're having, I mean, and they're fun to watch, man. They got some really fun players on this team. They made a great signing in Dansby Swanson. Obviously mm. Bellinger's worked out like crazy. I hope he comes back. I would love to see him come back. That'd be amazing. But my uh, confidence level in them right now, it just isn't good. I think you brought me down a little bit too. Five feels high for me. And I think we're going to know by next week, by the way, because the first two series before they get the Braves and the Brewers are at home at Wrigley, Pittsburgh, and Colorado. You got to clean up, man. Not only do you have to win both those series, you got to start putting up crooked numbers and get your confidence back because this all stems from not only getting swept in Arizona, but you let the Diamondbacks the week before come into your house yep, and take three yep. out of four. You controlled your own destiny and you let it slip through your fingers. And you had your three best guys go in Arizona, too. So, I mean, the Cubs have to scramble quickly and pull things together. I still think the talent is there on the team. It's a I very good team. But whatever team gets left out of the NL wildcard dance, whether it's Miami, the Cubs, or San Francisco, they have a really tough offseason in front of them where they got to answer a lot of questions and figure out what the future of their teams is going to be. Because that question gets a lot easier when you're coming off a playoff berth. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, it's you're right. This homestand. Pittsburgh, Colorado for six. You got it. You got to win both of those series at the very least. At the very least. Oof. Go Cubs, go. That's why I'm wearing the jersey. <laughs> All right. Cooler moment from this weekend. Mark Canna's eighth inning grand slam to put the Brewers up, bat flipping out of the park, Mark, or Jazz Chisholm's seventh inning grand slam. It was his first of two in the series to break open the game against the Braves. What you got? You know, Jazz, those bat flips were crazy. Ooh. Hit the Grand Slam back-to-back -back days, crazy. But we said it before, the Braves were hungover. They don't care. <laughs> they were partying. You could see it in their play. Nah, I mean, I'm just playing a little bit. But I got to go with my guy, Mark Canna. I love Mark Canna. I got to watch him be insanely clutch in August of last year for my Mets. And I, I knew as soon as we traded him to a contender that he was going to have a moment like this. And I think there's more moments in store for Canna and the Brewers who are suddenly playing their best ball maybe of the entire season. I mean, I'm feeling giddy as a Mets fan because we got David Sturds coming into the fold and he's shown you what he can do to a team, what he can find 
on the open market with guys like Mark Canna and like the way he can transform a lineup overnight. I mean, he in September, let me pull up these numbers really quick. He's got an absurd number in September already for the Brewers. Let me pull it up real, real quick because he's a clutch performer. He's got a 201 weighted runs created plus. He's hitting 400 in the months of September. The dude is clutch. He's made for the moment. Brewers fans love him. Our very own Blake Schultz on our, our graphics team texted me when he hit the Grand Slam. He goes, I love Mark Canna. And I was like, I've been there. Last year at this time, I was right there. So I'm happy for Brewers fans. They're going to cruise to the division title now. And uh, I'm very curious to see what they can do in October because I actually, I really like that team, man. I do too. I mean, obviously you start with the pitching staff and you go from there. Uh, Woodruff's been on a crazy run, but out of the part, Mark, one of my, I, I play with them in Oakland. Mm. I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite teammates. Cause that's a heavy, that's, that's loaded. You man. You that's, that's loaded, but a great teammate Yeah, and, and super fun to talk to. Uh, he's got interesting world views, loves to eat. He's brought us to this great steakhouse in Kansas city. Um, we were doing bone marrow, uh, whiskey lose shots. It was a whole sure. different thing. Uh, I love that moment. I loved uh, everything about it. I, I mentioned on talking baseball earlier, like he knew he needed to flip the bat. He just didn't know what he was going to do. And he just like, he just ended up just tossing it super high, which is always fine, especially in a grand slam like that. I'm going to go jazz though. Yeah, of course. Because he makes everything look cool. And I think people, you know, he, he's, hasn't played a lot this year. So sometimes when that happens, when you're coming off a year where you're the cover of the video game hype, and then you kind of have some injuries and you're not around, people tend to just kind of put you on the back burner, but two grand slams. And I know the Braves were coming in. They'd already clinched. So there's, there's some things there, but what does this Marlins team need more than anything? It's run production. It's power. Yeah. And they've been able to do that. And it's not just jazz. Uh, the 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 grand slams were great and and like I mentioned like the, everything this guy does is looks cool, uh, but it's it's Jake Berger doing it it's it's uh the catcher doing it oh, I just lost his name what's his name Cortez it's freaking Josh Bell being able to do it it's it's Yuli Gurriel kind of like stepping up a little bit over the last three games like what what's he gonna do Solaire's coming off the IL like there's a lot of things to like here and tiebreaker tiebreaker tiebreaker. Marlins yeah. have a lot of the tiebreakers. No, I mean, Marlins were insanely clutch this weekend. I know we keep, we kind of discredited it a little bit, like sweeping the Braves at any point, regardless of what strength they're at. That's impressive because that's a team that's built to win those kind of series on the road. And the Marlins, this is the best, this is the best Marlins lineup I've looked at. Yeah. My entirety of being a baseball fan. Cause I've looked at a ton of Marlins teams. Cause I'm a Mets fan. I watched them come and go all the time. This is the most serious shot they've had at making the playoffs in a legitimate season in, you know, 20 years at this point, 2003. And I just got to say this. I hope, I pray that Lone Depot Park, Miami's Marlins Park, whatever it's called at this point, I hope they pack that stadium. I hope we get to see a legit WBCS crowd there because they put out their promotions today, you know, $5 burgers, $5 beers. Pack the stadium. Make it a baseball city. This team might be playoff bound. They're playing their biggest must-win games of the season, essentially playoff games. I hope Marlins Park is packed up. Uh, another thing that I liked about the Chisholm Grand Slams, it was on Dominican Republic, like Heritage Night there. So, like, I'm I'm all about that. That's the energy that we need, like you're talking about, like the WBC energy. All about that. Also, want to quickly go, talking baseball, we do in Fuego. Mm. You know, we do it for the week. We do it for the series. We do it for two weeks. There was a Marlin in every single spot. Yeah. 
Jake Berger doing it for the series, seven for 14. Uh, Luisa Rise for the week of 11 through the 17th. He had four homers. Luisa Rise. Dude, Dolan was telling me before I went on, 10 homers on the season now. He's basically doubled his career total in this season. Crazy. So as soon as I said that, you know, Jorge Soler going out is really tough for them. I think they might falter because they don't have enough power options there. What do they do? Hit a bunch of homers and make me look stupid. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's happened before. All right. If you know me, being fit is something that's very important to me. I want to live till I'm 115 and FitBot is going to help me get there. You know, it's the end of summer, but it's not too late to start your summer fitness routine. Summer bodies are made in the winter. So once you start right now, uh, FitBot has excellent smart technology that's replaced, you know, the old formats. And that's for good reason. We used to have Thomas guides in our cars. Now we use our smartphone to get directions. Same thing with FitBot. They can offer you customized workouts based on your goals, your fitness level, the uh, available equipment. Really, it's a go-to to help you get what you need done. They have powerful technology. Uh, it understands your strength training ability. It studies your past workouts. It adapts to your gym equipment, like I said, and it keeps your gym sessions fresh. I think that's really important. When you start to do everything all over, you're not going to get those results. So make sure you're switching things up and FitBod will help you do that. Again, it's not too late to crush your summer fitness goals. Try FitBod today. You're going to get 25% off your subscription if you download the app. So try the app for free at fitbod.me slash today. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash today. Go do it. You're going to get 25% off your subscription. Try it for free at fitbod.me slash today. As we always do. At the end of the show, with our fifth question, we leave on a little bit of a lighter note. And again, thank you, Jolly, for filling in. And this one is for you. Congratulations to Bartolo Colon as he officially retires as a Met. I still don't know if I believe it, man. You really retiring? No more banded exercises videos? Mm -hmm. Uh, He might still have those. Uh, He's one of the more universally rooted for and lovable players. Uh, Give us your favorite uh, Bartolo Mets moment. Good topic here. Bartolo, you know, only spent three seasons with the Mets. Wasn't a super long time, but definitely a beloved Met. Obviously, you can point to the home run he hit in San Diego off poor James Shields. That's an iconic moment. And what was a really fun season? I'm going to instead keep it in Miami and I'm going to go with the singular play. And it's Justin. Oh, yeah. Tapping yeah. one up the first baseline, Bartolo. You know, I haven't I haven't watched a ton of really just cool, nonchalant players in Mets history. Bartolo is up there. Grabs the soft ground ball for some reason, just flips it behind his back. Perfect throw gets bored, the slow runner and just trots it off like it was nothing. And that was that really epitomized Bartolo in a single clip, just kind of doing it his own way. Not really caring, you know, about, you know, the effort that goes into it because he knew he was capable. He's just an anomaly of an athlete. You don't see a Bartolo Colon really in any other sport like you do in baseball. So fantastic career. Glad he retired and met pretty cool clip there. Dan's probably going to post it. I'm looking for my stats against Cologne, and I don't. I guess I didn't oh, I face him. Those? No way. You had to have. Yeah, he, he played for like 20 years. Hang it's on. saying I didn't face him, which is strange. I'm on the to case me. right please, now. I'm please, please, please do it. I definitely it's have faced him oh, before, crazy. but it might it might have been in like a spring training or something like that. Get out of here! You never faced Bartolo Cologne. That's insane to me. What? I have faced him. It must have been in spring training. It must have been in spring training. Yeah, you've never faced Bartolo Colon. Interesting. That's crazy. Trev, he's faced, I'm scrolling down the list, he's faced like 2,000 batters in his career. You know, you're not- during my peak years, 
Mm. You know, he was in Oakland for 12 and 13, but then he was in the Mets and there wasn't a lot of. You dodged him. Sheesh. I have faced him. It's in spring training. And, you know, Mm. you get to see like what other people see with his ball. And it's just, I also was teammates of his. You were spring training. Yeah. Nice. Texas spring training teammates. Uh, but Bartolo, yeah, I think the thing that I will think about with Bartolo is probably not a moment, um, mm. but, you know, it's durability. Mm. Like, you know, a guy that, yeah, not the most like physically intimidating person, but, you know, go check uh, uh, the amount of times he threw 200 innings, 190 innings. I mean, this is something that's lost in today's game, and I don't want to be like a back-of-my-day guy, but I just love pitchers that take the ball and can stay healthy and do all those things. And Bartolo, again, doesn't look like he'd be the guy to be able to do that. Or maybe he does look like the guy that's able to do that. Um, but he was – he could just make the ball do things that other guys couldn't make the ball do. It was a different type of feeling when you saw him pitch, the way he'd run that two-seamer back, the way he would just kind of flip fastballs up there then maybe just flip a curveball up every once in a while. It was just a different at bat. Um, so shout out Bartolo again. You mentioned some of the plays, the board flip behind the back, the Homer off James Shields. The I mentioned the videos of the bands, uh, you know, him training uh, back in his hometown. So, you know, an absolute legend in the DR. Shout out Bartolo Colon. And why did he go retire as a Met? What's up with that? I think he was just, you know, that's where Big Sexy came from. It's kind of had, you know, he went to the World Series with the team. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the innings though, because I, you know, sometimes I, I glance at a nice baseball reference page. Bartolo, age 40 to age 43, through 190 innings every year. That's yeah. that's nuts, man. It's awesome. People don't, people don't do that. That's crazy. I love it, man. That's going to do it for today. Jolly, I appreciate you filling in for our guy, C. Rosie, uh, producer Dan, always doing his thing. You're going to be here again tomorrow, right? I will be because C. Rosie will still be flying back from the dream. Everybody go check out C. Rose. He called the game. I believe it's on radio for the Browns. I don't know how to watch it. You can figure it out. Google it, people. But for me, the uber sexy. We should call you big sexy. Jolly Olive. And again, producer Dan, we will see you next time on baseball today, tomorrow morning. See you then.